Kevin. Hello and welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. Uh, you are here today joined with Alicia. And Lexi. And our guest speaker. Tracy. We asked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody. All righty. So it is now 2021, January. It's a new year, you know, new us, new everything. Lexi has a new song that she wants to share with you guys. Uh, this is one I've been working on for 10 seconds now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to make its debut. You can find it on my next EP. <laughs> Welcome back to the comeback. We've been gone for quite some time. We missed you all so dearly, but that's okay, we're back. Woo, it's our comeback. <laughs> our Incredible. <laughs> that was really my great. My shows have been selling out lately, so I'm sorry if you haven't been able to get a ticket to my online Zoom concerts. The, Madison the demand Square will slow down soon. <laughs> Madison Square Garden in 2022, you guys. <laughs> I yes. have faith, Lexi. Um, so does everybody have their tea, their Pepsis, um, anything to drink, Tracy? This one's for all of our cousins here. Woo. Ooh, that was a nice crack. Um, my water bottle, let me go get it. Well, she stays hydrated in 2021. <laughs> she really sticking to those goals. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so what's everyone's kind of like, how's everyone doing? It's kind of been a minute. So Lexi, what's up with you? Oh, a little life update. Um, it's been good. I've been working lots, which is the usual. I've been resting lots, which is the usual. I've been reading lots. Been kind of figuring out a little life move next. Nice. You I, uh, pick the mushrooms? What? No. Oh. Picking mushrooms. I thought you were picking mushrooms. If that's where the creator wills me to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a, applying to go tree planting this summer, so oh, I'm planning. Yeah, I'm planning to live out of the back of my car for a while, and then maybe settle down and work at a coffee shop for a bit, and really just focus on my outdoor knowledge. I honestly you know someone that does that in the summers, and they like love it. Yeah, apparently it's a cult, and <laughs> I get, I get on cults very easily, so. <laughs> Well, I honestly thought you were going to pick mushrooms. That's what I thought you were doing, not planting trees. <laughs> if, if I'm out there planting trees and someone's like, yo, I got a mushroom picking gig, I would probably jump off real quick. Join that cult. <laughs> yeah. One, One cult to the next. next. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to see. I mean, it's going to suck if you're gone, but you know what? Zoom is, you know, the way we've been hanging out the last little bit so yeah. um yeah my update is uh postpartum is a real thing um i honestly never thought that i would ever experience it i'd actually gone and seen a psychic in the summertime and i didn't like you know i wasn't kind of i you know i wasn't too sure how i was with believing it and she wrote down on my piece of paper postpartum really bad december and I have this piece of paper oh. now and I look at it and I'm like, when I remember where her telling me and I was like, no, like I'm like a pretty good person. Like I can always like manage my like brain. Right. 
And uh, no, (laughs) like you are not in control at all. And so, um, learning kind of, you know, one day at a time and like, and then I was reflecting back. (laughs) I'm like, how did she know that I was going to like, no, it it is crazy. So yeah, it's good. Like Hunter is now two months old. You know, we are adjusting as like a family and, and, you know, just learning as we go. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, doing that but yeah we're gonna get interviewed next week by cbc so that's gonna be exciting um so yeah i'm super excited super excited about that but yeah let's kind of jump back and tracy tell us about like what let's start with how you're doing what's your highs and lows of this week and then we'll kind of jump into like who you are and where you're from what you do girl (laughs) what doing (laughs) what doing um my highs this week Um, probably just getting back to my practicum. Like I just started my last semester of my degree, which is wild to me. Um, which has just been like a roller coaster. So that's been my high and my low is I'm coming to you from an Airbnb, um, because my roommates are in isolation, which like worked out kind of well for me because I went home for the holidays. So I haven't been to like my roommates where I live with them for like at least six weeks. Um, and they went into isolation. And, and then when I was coming back, there's like a seven day period where I needed to figure out like where I was going to go. So it hasn't been great. Like I didn't get to come back in the new year and like settle into my usual environment and like get going with things. So yeah, I'm in an Airbnb, which is, I mean, like not ideal, but like things could be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's my highs and lows. And then to introduce myself, um, my name is Tracy Leost. Um, my spirit name is Okichira Ikwe, and I come from a Métis community called Saint Laurent, Manitoba. In French, it's Saint Laurent, Manitoba, and it's located in Treaty One territory, the heart and homeland of the Métis Nation. Um, I'm not big on titles like advocate, activist, community member. Um, I think like just being a community member is the most important part of what I do. Um, I run a nonprofit called Winishka Movement Inc. So I'm the founder and executive director of that. We're run by uh, three Métis women in post-secondary, all under the age of 22. Um, What else? Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you're 21 years old, like, (laughs) and you're like you're a university student, and you know, founding a nonprofit, right? Like. Absolutely. That's yeah. Amazing. So we're executive director. <laughs> you know, I don't like titles, but like, <laughs> look at me. I'm doing amazing. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, I love that. Killing it right now. Yep. So. Yeah. So kind of tell us about like, how did you get into that? Like, what was, you know, what was your drive and your passion to kind of create that? Absolutely. So, um, Wanishka translates. So, First of all, in Maychef, it's pronounced Wanishka, but in Cree, you drop, I think it's the H, it's Wanishka. Um, so sometimes people are like, you're pronouncing it wrong. I'm like, no, 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 like there's, there's a, different in our la- in a difference in our language. Um, so it means get up and rise, but it's more of a command. And I always tell people like, imagine your cook, I'm yelling at you from the kitchen to like get up in the morning. She'd be <laughs> shouting like Wanishka, like let's go. It means get up, come on. So um, we exist to... Um, uplift the rise of indigenous young people and like create a safe space where they can come and kind of just like find who they are and connect with like-minded people and just like be their best with most authentic selves and when they're ready to get up and rise that they have the space and like capacity and support to do that um but one of my favorite things about Wanishka is that like I always vowed that 
we will continue to meet people where we're at. So we're not like exclusive to people who only have their stuff together. It's like anyone who like needs that space, like come in, you're welcome. Um, so a lot of what we've been doing is through social media, like creating that safe space. And that was a drive for me is just being, um, and especially noticing in post-secondary that there is few spaces for indigenous people um, especially on campus to feel safe or that you only feel space safe in the spaces that are like designated to indigenous people and it never should be that way um, so I really struggled with that like academically just trying to like navigate those two worlds and then still feel safe so a big part of what we do is just creating that safe space where you can come and like be you and, and be safe there and find culture and those sorts of things um, so we kind of branch off into a few different things. We run a program called Sweetgrass and it's centered on the seven sacred teachings. Uh, we have a book club, a lot of just like connecting on social media and stuff like that. We're currently working on merch. That has been an absolute roller coaster. Um, but yeah, we're still in like the first year of like creating the nonprofit portion of things. Um, so yeah, that is what Winishka is up to. I think that's like so cool and important to like create that safe space me and alicia were both in university like not too long ago and it's like growing up in like primarily white communities and then going to university and all your friends being like primarily caucasian too and then it's like there's like this whole part of me that doesn't get to grow here and i found like when i was trying to figure out my what being indigenous meant to me i, I like found it through instagram mm -hmm. yep yeah <laughs> that's just the way it is yeah reaching out to like these spaces and these programs right like we have a lot of connections i mean the power of social media and absolutely it's amazing especially in an urban setting that like you don't always have access to community and like bush life and mm -hmm. those teachings and that aspect of culture like sometimes you have to create that space on social media and i think that's so usual like meeting where people where we're at is i've had so many conversations with people where like i've asked like how come you're not doing this or like do you want to be involved in this or like where are you? And they say like, I don't feel indigenous enough to be there. And it's like, whoa, like that's never like a thing. Like you're not, you're either indigenous or you're not, it's never being enough of something. So like, again, come into that space, you're welcome there. And then actually find yourself there so that as you continue to like walk your path that like, you know who you are and like you feel enough in your community. That's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I honestly, like when I met you, I had no idea you were 21 because you like carry yourself so well and like what you're doing. And, you know, I, normal 21 year olds don't do this. Like looking back, like what was I doing at 21? Probably not that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just had that conversation too that um, like I found myself and knew what I wanted kind of younger. Um, and like I never settled for like less than what I wanted or like what I felt like where I could be like I, I have always set the bar really high for myself um and just like continue to um push through like all of those things but I was having a conversation with my dad actually about how like again I'm like super young and doing all these things and that's not quite like quote unquote the norm um but that like that's the norm for me but also acknowledging everything I sacrificed so that I could be where I am, like my friends and stuff like that. Being in a different province, I didn't have like the wild nights out at the bar and I never had that bar star stage. And and also being in between provinces where the like the legal drinking age, for example, is 18 in Manitoba, but 19 here. And I moved here at 17. So I like missed almost all those things. But at the same time, like when my friends were going out on the weekends, like I'd either drive them or you'd find me like at home, like studying or like working on things. So it's not like it came easy to 
to me like I worked incredibly hard young and I knew what I wanted and just like sacrificed some of those moments so that I could have what I do now. And like, I don't regret any of it, but I'm also not um, like ashamed of my choices and I'm not judgmental towards anyone who hasn't made the decisions I am like where you are is where you're at and what you're doing. And I like respect that. Um, so yeah, I, no one ever believes me when they, I tell them my age, it's like jaws hit the floor. Uh, <laughs> just something you kind of get used to. <laughs> I know. Cause we had just met on uh how did we even meet? Like just through friends. And then mm-hmm. um, like, I was kind of wanting to start a nonprofit and we'll tra- like transfer the comeback to the nonprofit. And then you were also doing like, you know, creating your own. And I'm like, whoa okay and then we you know we went out to starbucks and we literally sat there for like hours and just like chatted and then you're like i'm 21 and i was like <laughs> wait a second what? <laughs> what? i'm like no there's no way because like usually you know like you don't have like a lot of intricate conversations and i mean i'm still really young too <laughs> but like i yep. was like wow okay i'm like you're amazing so it was awesome to like have like met and clearly there was a reason why we met where you know we're doing the same thing Uh, so i miss our denny's lunch or like denny sunday or saturday morning brunches i'm missing those so much i know damn covid i'm so over it (laughs) it's the little things for me it's the denny's brunch (laughs) i know the 9 a.m. Like, who else wakes up at 9 a.m. and we're just like, okay, let's go here. <laughs> and let's work. Pancake batter. Yeah. And like, I, I can make it at home, but I want to pay for it. I want to pay for it. I was, like, so pregnant, too, and we were going out, and I just, we'd have so many drinks on the table and so much Table food. full. And, like, our laptops were out, and we're just, like, everyone's there with their family, and we're like, do, 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 work. Yeah. <laughs> It makes me laugh though, because my go-to is the Oreo milkshake. Yes, yes. <laughs> Dessert for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> While we're like sliding on Slam. the keys and throwing around ideas, and everyone is like literally with their fork and I'm like looking around, what are these two people doing? <laughs> like, you're you be- not in the right place for this. <laughs> <laughs> we make spaces feel safe. Denny's is safe. <laughs> Denny's is very safe. It is now. <laughs> Yeah, the good old Denny. Yeah, I just really miss like going, kind of like going out and like, you know, we did take a little bit of a break for the last um, month from the comeback. And so my brain is like not really like, like I'm like, I want to start like creating things again and I want to start like making content and, you know, doing all of this stuff again. But it is so hard with the child. Like <laughs> the child, like doesn't really do a lot but like you have no idea how much work that that is like he just lays there like a little potato (laughs) i remember you're like he'll be born and then i'll be in school and it'll come like finals uh if i take this course and that'll be okay because he'll just be laying there and i'll be like i want to have finals (laughs) it's like i don't know if you just give birth and then (laughs) hop back in let's go let me tell you we like i was so naive like (laughs) like i was like my house isn't gonna get dirty why because the child doesn't do anything like it just lays there no like it changes the whole dynamic like two dogs a house cleaning like lentil Mm -hmm. sorry she is um she's trying to um, let's see, take over here. One second. <laughs> um, I think it'd be like interesting to get into what, like your, how your journeys and experiences so far have like led you to where you are. So maybe like a good place to start is like in like your childhood and like your early development stages, did you grow up like surrounded 
by culture and like what did like being indigenous mean to you then um so important oh my goodness i'm going to reiki tomorrow and i already know she's gonna bring up like you know that this thing in your childhood has like this effect like 15 years later and i'm like mm -hmm, trauma we love it um <laughs> we love this <laughs> yeah here we go so um i grew up um urban indigenous um in winnipeg but my parents um and my, so my grandparents still live in our community. My, my parents were the first to leave their community. Um, and it was never a resentment of my parents. Um, my parents just knew that if they wanted to provide a good life for themselves, that they needed to leave our community and receive an education. I also had that conversation with my dad over the break. Like I said, do you regret leaving? And he said, I had no choice. It was like, leave what I knew behind or like be a fisherman for my whole life. And he's like, how could I provide how I wanted to for my family as being a fisherman. So my parents both left our community and went to school. Um, so I'm a first generation post, uh, sorry, university student. Everyone in my family went to college. They did, it's called Red River in Winnipeg. It's like SAS Polytech here. So everyone went the college route. Um, so I'm the first in my family to do the whole university thing. Um, but I grew up in Winnipeg in like a middle-class, very white neighborhood. Um, and no one can see me, but I am visibly white passing. Um, unless you connect like my cheekbones and my eyes and like my brown hair, then you'll know. But if like, if you can't notice those things, then I could pass in a white crowd. So that was like, pe I, people would assume like if you're white passing and you're living in a white space, it's easy. That was not the experience I had because I knew I was Métis. I had really no idea at the time, like what that actually meant, but my parents clung on to like the little pieces they knew about their culture and instilled that in me. So for example, when I was, when my peers were in ballet, I was in jigging. And when my peers were taking piano lessons, I was in fiddling and I would do beating on the weekends and, and those sorts of things. So that's where things were different is that I was doing nothing that my peers were doing. And though I looked like them, we didn't, we weren't the same. And in my class from K to grade six, it was me and one other indigenous girl, um, still my best friend to this day. She's a nook, but adopted into a white family. So we were both like not close enough to like what we needed. Um, but I like applaud my parents. They did everything they could. My mom found programming in the inner city of Winnipeg. So I went to like indigenous camps and I learned how to bead and make moccasins. And I have my own drum I made as a kid, but I had to access all of that in the North end of Winnipeg. None of it happened in my neighborhood. And then it created almost this like further stigma for me that like, oh, you hang out with those kids from the North end. Like, ooh, ooh, you're a hood kid too. Like, what are you doing living here? Like, you're not one of us. And like the humiliation was horrible going on like field trips when we'd have to pass through the North end, people would point out like the visibly indigenous homeless people and say like, oh, is that your dad? Are those your relatives? Like, is that what you're going to turn out like? Yeah. So it was always a constant struggle between like, I do look like the people around me, but like nothing about me is like these people. Mm -hmm. um, so I did have those small pieces. Like I had those learning opportunities in the indigenous camp, Wasak that I went to. My community was only an hour away but I never had all those dots connected until I came to university and like started learning about like history and things like that. 
And even like before university, the only thing I had to like collect that information was books. Like my mom didn't know and my, my cookum didn't know. Like my cookum was a generation that had to hide her identity to survive. And then raising my mom just like didn't raise my mom with those things because she knew being a quote unquote Indian was a bad thing. So like, why would you teach your kids things that are quote unquote bad? Mm-hmm. Um, and that started to change when my, with like the grandkids um, for my cookum. But that's kind of what like I grew up around and I had to put a lot of energy into like books to find information and answers. And that was all before I had like a deep rooted connection to community. Um, and that really changed, I'd say too in high school, like that's when my activism started. Then I came into university and found like a very strong sense of self that was really grounded in my culture and my community. Like I didn't go to ceremony for the first time until university. So I grew up in this really complicated, like I knew I was Métis. I had this like kind of bare minimum access, but like I wasn't a person who grew up knowing who I was. Mm-hmm. Did you ever like feel shame in a sense for like who you were? No. Um, despite like the humiliation, I like applaud my cookum and my parents that like they carried the shame so that I didn't have to. Um, and there was bullying and there was humiliation, but like I was so proud of who I was that like I had no shame to carry. Like, I was proud. This is also funny though. Like I was proud that I could jig mm-hmm. and I love that I knew how to fiddle. I just exposed myself. I think 10 people in my life know that I could play the fiddle. <laughs> that was like a secret. Hire you for the next It's back? me, my turn. Yeah. yeah, like I told I told no one because I knew they'd make fun of me, like, oh, what are you doing playing the fiddle? So like that is a place where I like hit it so that I didn't experience that. But I like applaud my parents and, and my cook for like sacrificing that, that they felt shame so that I wouldn't have to carry that in my bundle. Um, and I know that's not the case for everybody else, but I knew so little as a kid, but was like so prideful of what I knew that I just like didn't carry shame. That's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, it's amazing how like aware you were, you know, given what the resources that you had at that age and to like, be just so proud of, you know, Mm -hmm. what you did know. And then to really like turn that into passion and drive into like who you are Mm -hmm. today. That's amazing. And then, um, cause yeah, like you had done a lot before you kind of came into the Wanishka. Um, so like you had done, you started a global conversation about violence against women. Yes. Yes. Um, that was in the summer of grade 11. It was like, I had taken my first, oh, I hate this to call, still call it native studies class. Um, and it was taught by an indigenous teacher. And that was really eye-opening for me. That was the first time like history became a conversation and I became aware of like what was happening. As we did this project on missing and murdered indigenous women, girls and two-spirit people. And never in my life, like, had I been aware of, like, that epidemic that I could so easily, like, be a part of. And I wasn't, like, naive to it. But again, like, I grew up in a middle-class white neighborhood where there wasn't other people like me. And I could blend in. So I never felt like I was at risk until, um, yeah, I just, like, started to learn and, and then... I was really upset because no one around me thought it was important. No one in my school, like no one in my friend group, no one in the area I lived in. Like I was trying to have these conversations about indigenous issues and people like blew it off. They, I remember, um, 
I had a crush on this white boy is what we're going to call him. <laughs> Trying to get the land and- back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Let's just get right to the point. Yeah. And I was at his family's house having dinner. We're at fondue, like as <laughs> I didn't know that life. Um, I have to cook the food myself. <laughs> what? what is this? this back in time. Fondue though, like, whoa, that was a new world to me. <laughs> bring me back to the fish fry but anyway so I was having dinner and um there's a newspaper on the edge of the table and Tina Fontaine's face was on the front of it and it was this like really disturbing title like alcohol found in body oh. at time of autopsy yes, and it I was like that. what does it have to do with anything and then it became this conversation at the table and it was like suddenly it was like boom all eyes were on me and it was like what was she doing in the north end why was she drinking like she was asking for it and I was like I'm done. Like, I can't, I cannot do this. Um, like having to like explain these things and defend them. Um, and then I just started doing further research about the issue and that growing like sense of anger, about like, why aren't people caring? And then the last draw for me was finding an article where Stephen Harper denied an inquiry into MMIWG2S. Cause he said, it's not high on Canada's radar. And it was like, how can us literally like disappearing Mm-hmm. in the thousands not be alarming and that was the last draw and then that summer I ran 115 kilometers in four days from my Cookham's front yard to uh missing and murdered indigenous women girls two-spirit monument at the forks so I got to run like from my grandma's front yard where my mom was raised ran past where my dad was raised through my community I ran by like where I lived where I went to school then I ran through the north end of Winnipeg and then ended up at this monument. And in four days, I raised over $6,000 for a local organization that helps families and victims affected in any way that they can. So if your daughter is missing, for example, and you needed flashlights and lunch for a search team, here you go. If you need to go to grief counseling, if you can't afford a coffin, like here is a support. Um, and then that launched into a global conversation. So I started doing like all sorts of talking things. I was in cam loops and then I was doing like talking like motivational, like speaking and a lot of educational stuff. And I got to team up with um, Malala for the Olympics. Um, And that was where everything like really took off. And I never really like looked back from there. Um, So yeah, that's where it started. And that was like 2015. Yeah. So like, it's been like six years in the making, literally five whole years before Wanishka was even born. But that's where that like get up and rise comes from. Is that like, we rise up. We have nowhere to go but up from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like through that journey, like I feel like I've lived a whole life in five years. Um, but I have found my like truest, authentic, best version of myself. Um, and just being able to like be this young and know that and to live through all of this and and be so connected to my community and involved in my community um, that like I can can lead a path while like being a part of my community and like supporting um my community through like similar things and just being like a little bit of a light when things seem so freaking dark all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey, but literally we're six years, six years in. That's, That's like amazing. So powerful. And I like hope that the hundred viewers that we currently have that are like listening, like you <laughs> 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 we love you. We love you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Lexi. We should have just have like three thousand. <laughs> the twenty-five thousand people we speak to, they can hear that and listen and be like, 
I'm just like one person, but like even like small things or big things that I do can be like so inspiring to like other people around me and people that I don't even think are like watching Mm. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like um, being like, so I'm pretty open on like social media and I share a lot about my life and, um, you know, I've kind of like thought in a lot of the times I'm like, well, why am I doing this? But I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? There is so many people on my social media that have seen me in so many different um, sections of my life, I guess, that Mm -hmm. like now that I share, it's like the people that knew me back then can see that there is like, you know, there is hope for change. And, you know, I'm pretty open about my story and stuff like that. So, you know, just being open and just being allowing yourself to be vulnerable um, and through those like because you know, change doesn't happen overnight. It, it's a lot. It takes a lot from, you know, a lot of inner work and lentil. So sorry, you guys. Um, <laughs> she's trying to let herself out right now. Uh, <laughs> she's like, she, I'm not letting her out. And, uh, but yeah, but like, you know, having that, you know, inner conversation with yourself and saying like, you know, I want to change and I want to do this and then to share to other people, because that's when I think you see, and especially with our stories, right? We are, we're sharing our stories in hopes that other people are going to be able to find a connection with that and, you know, apply that to either their life or just listen or, you know, like mm-hmm. reflect. Um, and that's, I, I feel like storytelling, I mean, for centuries have been around, especially. In Absolutely. Our- I found like, it's so foundational for me that like, you truly never know like who's watching or who's paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like social media has really been a really positive thing for that. Like I get to connect with so many youth that I like otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to connect with, but I uh, didn't realize like who was watching either. Um, and I didn't realize I was like, just naive, I guess. I don't know, but I would start having these conversations with youth or like youth would start like messaging me, like looking to have a conversation or like needing advice or help or something like that. But I remember, and I want to say maybe I was in like university at this point, but I was at Sobeys in my neighborhood in Winnipeg in that really white middle-class neighborhood I grew up in. And I was at Sobeys and the cashier was like, Hey, you're Tracy and you did this. And like, what are you doing back home? Like knowing I was at university and I was like, who are you? I was so taken back. I was like, I didn't think anyone actually cared where I was or what I was doing. Um, but that Sobeys is actually so huge for me. Because <laughs> I remember in my first year of university, and this would be like controversial like now, but my first year of university, I spoke at We Day Manitoba. That was huge for me at the time. That's at the big. time, that was a big deal. And I remember leaving We Day, and I was driving home with my mom and she's like, I need to go pick up supper. So she stopped at Super uh, Sobeys and I'm waiting in the car and I don't know what took over me, but there's a bus that pulled up and I read the name of the bus, realized it was like a First Nations community that they were like leaving the city to go back there. But I looked in the window and there's all of this like weed day swag everywhere. And I was like, hey, they just listened to me. I got on the bus. <laughs> like I left my mom's car and got on the bus and I was like, Hey everyone. And these kids just started like screaming and like hollering. And I was so taken back cause I literally talked for like a minute and 16 seconds, but they associated me with like one of the like huge big name people on stage and like thought I was famous. That was in 2016. 
And one of those girls on that bus to this day follows me and is one of Wanishka's like biggest supporters. Aww. She has like followed all of it. I keep up with her. We send it. She's like has all the stickers constantly messaging back and forth. Um, I was at a work meeting and like better family, like coincidentally, but like I didn't realize that people actually cared or that like people needed someone to look up to. So I have to be like really, or had to start being really like cognizant of like, what am I putting on social media? Like, is it good? Is it bad? Like sometimes social media can be a really toxic place. So just being like very hyper aware that like people actually are watching, especially indigenous young people who like, that's how they can like keep connected with you and like have people to look up to. So yeah, social media is a really wild place. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, kind of funny in an, as- in an aspect you like go onto this bus and they think you're famous but you're like mums and sobies like <laughs> chicken for like, hey guys literally just the local that was on stage at we day <laughs> Mom comes out like, tracy where did you go <laughs> the potatoes are gonna get overcooked <laughs> get back to the car honey your bedtime yeah. is at nine. <laughs> yeah. Hurry up. Your curfew's coming. Let's go. That's actually like funny you mentioned that because I feel like I knew I'm going to out myself because I'm the biggest social media creep ever. But I feel like everyone does it. But I remember like sitting like first, second year university, which would have been like 2017, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, sitting and being like, looking on, like, I got a few like Inspire scholarships and stuff. And like, and like one day, this was like a very monumental part of my little existence was like, I went to one of the big Inspire conferences for like the youth. And I remember being there and I'm like, there is so many brown people. (laughs) That was, that was me at the Inspire Awards. Yep. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, they're everywhere. And they like put us up in like the fanciest hotel in Saskatoon and we're like running around in the hallways and everyone causing a ruckus. And I'm like, time out. (laughs) This organization. But I remember like being there and then like flash forward, like five years being like, oh, I went to, like, an Inspire thing. I should apply for their, like, scholarships. And then I was, like, went down a rabbit hole of, like, this and, like, who won the awards that year. And I was, like, oh, I'll go, like, look at this girl, Tracy Leos. And then I was, like, creeping your Instagram for a while. I was, like, deep in, like, the high school stages for a bit. Like, oh, she likes running. <laughs> that was, like, six years ago, eight years ago. So you never really know who's watching. So true, though. Actually, I'm looking and I'm, like, I often like scroll through and I'm like, should I delete these? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that was history in the making. <laughs> that fire to like, but everyone was all dressed up so fancy. And I was like, mom, look at all these brown people. And we all have suits on. And I'm just like, Tracy, stop it. And I was like, but like, when are you ever in a space where everyone is like you and you all look all glammed up? I was like, like, Take pictures of everyone and everything, please. We need to document this moment. They yes. sat us down at like the tables and they, every meal they fed us like three courses and like free buns on the thing. And I was like thinking in my head, I was like, I get three courses and dessert. <laughs> buns are unlimited. Where are my ceremony <laughs> take-home dishes? Like platters <laughs> and little fancy balls I don't know about. Like I'm mama, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. (laughs) This is it. I'm good. Thank you, Inspire. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, those are definitely like at all of the conferences too. They always have like a gala to always finish it. And it's Mm -hmm. always just so amazing to see 
all of the brown folks here just dressed up to like the nines you're eating you know like it's so beautiful i love those comments like it's nothing more powerful than being surrounded by like just these brown people that like are all there for like the common reason mm-hmm. just bringing us all together mm-hmm. like that nothing yes more powerful than community yes mm-hmm. and like um yeah if you guys especially to all of our viewers uh yes 2021 i believe hopefully we'll be doing they'll be coming out but yeah you guys should check that in because that conference that i went to last year absolutely revolutionary (laughs) yeah i got canceled this year which is kind of crappy but whatever look at yes tell us a little about yes tell us a little about your experience at yes Oh, goodness. I won first place. Um, and then I won the iPad challenge, too. So you just I just so won. That's it. I won. So it's like <laughs> I showed up and I won. And I won. That was amazing. Um, so it's the uh, Young Entrepreneur Symposium. And they come and it's like a four day conference and you are teamed up with a bunch of random people in the room and you have like challenges that you have to complete throughout the year time there and it's like focused on either on entrepreneurship community building um like teamwork all of that kind of stuff and so yeah we had these challenges that we needed to make and like we literally like i didn't know anybody there or actually i need my buddy dakota he told me to apply and i ended up applying last minute and i got it but like i've never like i've been to a few conferences across canada but never have i been to a conference like that like i was like after i left there i was just like holy moly who am i oh my god i know who i am like i'm like this is like crazy and like um yeah i ended up like meeting one of you know i think michelle young crook and now she i've like i messaged her i reached out to her about you know the nonprofit and that area and we're in contact, we're Instagram besties now. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, just making connections. And then I have so many people too, that like I wasn't even in their groups, but like we have each other on social media and like we all just check on each other. Lots of people have been like, hey, how's your baby? Like, oh my goodness. And you know, how are you and stuff? And it's like, I don't know these people. I barely spent any time with them, but you just create like that community and like it's literally from people from across canada so you have like mm-hmm. you know from the north and you know from the south and stuff like you know it's just it's amazing and then you just all kind of keep in contact through social media again mm-hmm. i always like remind you that is like just go and i feel like that's such like a barrier it's like i won't know anyone like ooh, scared terrified confidence non-existent but it's like go mm-hmm. even if your hood is up go and sit at that table and make three new friends like i everywhere i've gone i've met someone new that i like continue to keep up with i think i was in edmonton at an inspired thing and i was literally round dancing with like a bunch of people from across canada and one of the guys i still follow and we connect with often it lives in nova scotia so it's like you literally have no idea and like literally just show up it just starts rolling you start meeting people and then you have like lifelong connections it's amazing and like to be present in that moment right like you know no matter what is going on back home um you're gonna have to come back to that but like in those moments just to be present and to like you know be there because like when i had gone to yes because i was trying to come home from yes because my uncle was like you know he was like he was sick and he was gonna pass away and i was dealing with a lot of like uh personal issues and i was like i can't be here i can't be here and then i literally was like no i need to be like present and i was present and that conference changed my life like it really kick-started this like want to like you know start the podcast because i felt really like 
you know, because mm-hmm. I tried my hand with it and like it went good, but it was so much work. And like, I wasn't like, I didn't even know what I did with the comeback. So I was just kind of like, ah. and then it kind of like reignited that like fire inside me to be there with those people and like to see how many other, you know, folks, like-minded folks are also doing something and then kind of create and then now keeping those connections with all of those people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to have like a few people from the conference that I met uh, come on the podcast as well. So I'm like super excited because awesome. <laughs> Conferences are a safe space. Inspire is a safe space. Denny's is a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to label this episode safe spaces. <laughs> safe spaces. <laughs> Before you know, you can go. Yes. <laughs> Just trust and go. Trust the process. <laughs> add to the list of safe spaces yeah (laughs) so what kind of like where do you I mean I remember you don't really like to say like where do you see yourself I guess in like five years but like what do you you know with what you're doing what do you you know what's your next move Uh, (laughs) I do do hate that question and like the reason I, I don't like it is because there's always been like you'll only ever be this much and you'll only ever make it like this far. And it's like, I have shot through like every single one of those like glass ceilings. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have no clue. Like what is up in 10 years? Because like I have the whole world to take on. Um, But my next move, um, so I'm graduating, coming a first generation student, university graduate. Um, I, I, it was so weird when I was at home. Um, like a week ago, my mom's like, we have to design your grad ring. I was like, what? What? <laughs> she was like, you need a grad ring. I said, I need a who? <laughs> like, you need a grad ring. And I was like, okay, but you realize I also want a master's and a PhD. So I'm going to have like <laughs> like championship rings pretty much, but with my colonial education on my fingers. Um, I'm here for it. <laughs> <Jordan. laughs> literally these gaping huge rings anyway anyway um and Lexi might giggle at me but I'm still dreaming about law school just like continuing to um literally like tear down and enter spaces we were never meant to be in is still like at the top of the list for me um and so law school is is really high on my list it's not something I'm like jumping right into because I've just like sacrificed so much of myself to like moving things forward that like, I want to graduate and work, just work, like mm-hmm. be in my community, but just like working. Um, so law school's on the list, um, but c- like literally just continuing to be present in my community is huge for me. And when I say community, I don't even mean just my like territorial, like space mm-hmm. that my identity is tied to, but like the indigenous community, the kids I coach hockey with, the kids I um, run Sweetgrass Leadership Program with, the kids in my practicum, like being present in their lives and just being like, again, a light that they can like look up to knowing like that for me. And I feel like that's just like where my whole life is about is like continuing to do this work so that others know that they can too, because growing up being one of two indigenous kids, like looking around, it was like, where do I belong? I didn't know I could go to university until grade 11 in that native studies classroom when our professor took us to the university of Manitoba. And I was like, whoa, they let us in here. <laughs> but, and people laugh and I'm like, 
But like my parents went to college, but we didn't sit around the kitchen table and we're like, hmm, like what Ivy League school are you dreaming of? Like that literally was never a conversation. Um, I had like an auntie at the time who was doing her social work degree, but like it never hit my mind that like I could go there because I didn't think we belonged there. And that is still like, I know so many other people feel that way. It's like, I don't want to enter that space or do this or do that because like people like me aren't welcome there. And that is going to always, I think, continue to be my next move is like to ensure that that people know that they can mm-hmm. and that it's not always going to be welcoming, but that they deserve to be there and have a right to be there. Um, so that is always my next move. Um, and just like meeting the community need, and that's always going to change, um, but just like adapting to what's happening and, and meeting our young ones when they're, where they're at is huge for me. Um, and just like another thing that guides I think everything I do is that um in ceremony I was gifted the responsibility to take care of my people so just being like present and there in my community for like those who need me um so that's not like a really black and white answer for you but that's where I am (laughs) that's where I'm going (laughs) that's amazing though you wanted to go to law school because I gave up on that dream but I also had a lot of LSAT study textbooks that I just gave away for free last last summer (laughs) I I have my roommate was like oh here you go and that's what I, that's how I started COVID is every day I'd spend an hour like reading through and studying and stuff like that. But in reading, I was like, Ooh, no, that's not an after I graduate thing. Like I need to live a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. and I will go. Yeah. Live a little bit. So cool because I still hold like a lot of like indigenous law and like treaty law, like very close to my heart because I studied it so much in like my undergrad and part yeah. of me, like, I wish I still wanted to pursue that because it's like so interesting. And you like, look at, like people that are paving the way like Pamela Palmatter and like John Burroughs. Like, yeah. Please go to the University of Victoria. Go wherever the creator wills you, but please go to the University of Victoria. Lexi's <laughs> 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 creator today. <laughs> you know, I talk about who was I having conversations with that about? Like they're like, you have to go there. There's been multiple people who are like, law, here's where you're going. And I was like, okay. You like read of it and you're like they like go into the forest and they're like looking at the trees and they're like, these are the, the natural laws of the trees. And you're like, this is law school. It's just like, (laughs) John Burroughs is just such a cool, Mm -hmm. cool is not a great word to describe the depth of what she does. (laughs) Yeah. John Burroughs is my homie. (laughs) (laughs) We are pals. (laughs) Read a book. Yeah, that's amazing though. Oh, oh goodness, you guys all froze. My bad. Oh, okay, that froze. Yep. Okay. Nope. Okay. I hear you now. What were you saying? Um. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, I think, uh, Lexi, are you frozen again? No, I'm just looking oh, at you. I thought you were frozen. No, I was going to say that. Hold on, are you just so you know? <laughs> You were so still. <laughs> she just really like look. So for our listeners, she's we're on Zoom and she's just like she made herself frozen by just staring at us. Oh my goodness! And I actually think it just froze again. Oh my goodness! Please stand by. So sorry, guys. Oh oh my goodness! Hello. <laughs> Feedback. <laughs> yeah, but our poor viewers just got like 30 <laughs> seconds of me being like, please stand by. 
Oh, we didn't hear any of that. No. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't hear that. I We're having a song. Oh, oh my goodness. The internet connection. <laughs> this is terrible. The internet connection is so bad right now. But I was saying that's an amazing way to like look at like where you're going to be, right? Because like what it's going to work yeah. out the way that it's going to work out. But like to have that mindset of like just knowing like what you want to be present in right now and to continue through it in the next little while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It gives you like so much to look forward to. And even connecting back to the law thing is there's an elder in Manitoba that I'm connected to. He actually like won an inspired award a few years before I did. And then we were doing some work together in Winnipeg. And it's really funny because he has another Tracy in his phone. Mm -hmm. Doesn't put our last names though. <laughs> Anytime he means to call that Tracy, he calls me. He called me one day. He was like, Tracy, like, how are you doing? Like, I, I heard you hurt your back. <laughs> I think I'm okay. <laughs> we just had these, always have these confusing conversations. And I'm like, oh, I think you meant to call the other Tracy. And he's like, I must have hangs up. But then he always calls back and is like, but Tracy, like, how are you doing that? I know who like, I'm talking to. So in one of our conversations, though, he, for the first time, actually called the right Tracy. And it was this really like, just checking in to like see how you're doing like i see everything you're doing like i was having a horrible day i was driving to white pony to like patrol i was just not having a good day and i was like get me in the community and he called and then was like just want you to know like we're so proud of you and like we see what you're doing and like don't like let go of those things and i was like oh creator you got me in this one but then he said and i never told him i wanted to go to law school but he said when you're ready to apply to law school like you have to call me and i will explain our laws the laws of like the fire, the water, oh. and I was like, whoa, I'm going to law school. <laughs> I was like, I will call you, I'll call you back when I'm ready, I'll call you back. <laughs> I gotta graduate first, but I will call. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I think you like, you know what, you'll do it. And if that's in 10, five years, 10 years, 15 years down the line, whatever, you're gonna do it. And it's never too late to yeah. go back to school. Never, and I'm not in a rush either. Oh, I even forgot about my other life plans. Um, I, I'm not, I don't have a big goal of getting married. Like I truly don't care about getting married, but one of my life goals is to be a mom and everyone's like, you need to be married. And I'm like, Whoa, no, you I don't. Know. I don't even need a partner to be a mom. You don't think, honey sperm bank. <laughs> I, think, I think I might want to foster and become a mom. But anyway, my life goal is to be a mom. And then people I'll always just like challenge my perspective. And they're like, you're going to stay at home and be a mom. I said, who said I was staying at home because I'm going to have a career and be a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, so I carry that perspective of like, who said I can't have the whole world? Yeah. Like who said that I can't be a mom and have a career and a home that I love and be present to my community and have cultural and traditional knowledge. Like that is my goal is to literally have the whole world because who said that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's living in balance with the circle. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And honestly, uh, 10 out of 10 recommend becoming a mom. Like, I mean, yep. Dreams, big dreams. Yeah. I've always, if you want to go down the foster way route too, do that because I've always wanted to have a foster home. I actually wanted to have a foster home like since I was in foster care and I was like, I'm going to do this. And do I think this. I'll do this when like my son is, uh, maybe like Older. 10 or 15. Yeah. But I'll, I'll have, yeah. I'll have some children that aren't mine. <laughs> Mm -hmm. with a bunch of dogs maybe i'll do it together <laughs> and then they could be like therapy to each other right. oh goodness <laughs> here we go <laughs> the next move <laughs> um so i guess like what would be one thing that you would like tell our viewers to like you know um i mean you've touched on it you, you 
you want the whole world and you're going to get this whole world. And so how do you think, like, what's one thing that you would tell the viewers that are kind of struggling that don't really know um, what their next move might be? Like what kind of perspective or... I would say to like never like give up and I feel like that's just so like broad and bland but like you don't need to have your next 10 moves figured out people tell me all the time like Tracy you're so intimidating and it's like oh like big anti energy over here um but I mean like if I'm intimidating I'll take it but anyway like just because I have my next 10 moves planned doesn't mean that anyone else has to. And again, no judgment or shame at all to whatever your choices are. Like you do you. Um, but especially like about your identity, it's like never let that go. Even if you feel like you just don't have a lot to hold on to, but my advice for literally everybody is to show up, like show up for yourself because you're always going to need to do that to be your best self. You have to show up for yourself but to show up for your community, like volunteer, like I always tell people like, you're going to learn a lot when you like get into the community and they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, show up, like go to the Indian friendship center or go to white pony or go to that youth care program that they're running, like go show up. And maybe you'll have to be vulnerable and maybe it's going to be nerve wracking and maybe you're going to make a mistake and someone's going to have to correct you, but how else are you going to learn? So just show up. Mm -hmm. show up and go to school oh that's my other advice is go to school um like my parents were really strict about my education um and I'm trying to like work with kids now who are like I don't care about my school and I'm like what um so I grew up in a home where your education was everything that like whatever happened to you at least you had an education to fall back on Mm -hmm. and now I'm at a point in my life where it's like even if that is western education or if it's going to be traditional knowledge keeping education like have something that will literally like carry you for the rest of the way um but to show up like show up for yourself show up for your community and, and whatever capacity that you're able to do so like we're not asking you to launch a nonprofit tomorrow go to that volunteering opportunity show up at the indigenous student center in your university literally just like show up and like piece by piece it all comes together like you don't find your whole self tomorrow or even in a week like that's definitely a journey especially if you're reclaiming huge journey but just like never letting it go and like continuing to show up when it's not easy um, makes all the difference. Yeah, that's amazing. That's such great advice. And just to like get up and rise every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that that plug there. <laughs> but I also have it tattooed on me. I have Still I Rise tattooed on me. Oh yeah, actually I think I remember. Mm-hmm. And I got that tattoo before we launched Wanishka. Oh. So just rising is like my whole world. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be. And I think like you are such a great person to be, you know, in the position and what you've created for yourself. And you're only going to go up from here and you're going to make big, big money moves. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Those are the dreams. I know to help your community and be rich, like. Couldn't ask for more. Actually, I had that conversation with someone recently about politics and they did not have the same political view as me. And they said something about taxing. And I said, you could tax my whole paycheck if it meant like everyone had access to like healthcare. And they're like, you're a socialist. I said, take it away. I want to share the wealth. And they're like appalled. And I was like, you don't? (laughs) We can't be friends anymore. Please exit that way. (laughs) Bye-bye. Yeah. Like I was like, every time I look at my pay stub, I'm like, it's going to a good place. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> we'll cross the fingers. We're going to get taxed. 
I am okay if you take my tax money so it helps somebody. So I don't need to be ridiculously rich. I just need to be actually, comfortable. Yes. Actually, my kookum that I always, anytime I say the word rich, it reminds me that when my kookum was like, um, like suppressing her identity, I had to do a project and I interviewed her and she said we were dirt poor, but we were rich in love and that's all that mattered. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if everyone could carry that value that like, if you're like rich in love, then you have everything, then we're like good to go. And especially just to think about how like our communities are centered in like peoplehood, right? So that like, if we could be rich in love, like amongst each other, we will literally always be okay. Even if we have nothing, we'll be rich in love. And that is it. That's the new podcast title. (laughs) Rich in love, (laughs) GTG. Rich in love with Tracy Leos, (laughs) GTG. I love that. I definitely love that. I have one last question. If you could recommend a book, because you said books were like a big thing about learning about indigeneity and just what that means, what book would you recommend to our viewers? Just, you can pick two, but maybe one, maybe five, I don't know, just a book, you know? (laughs) Um, I, when I was younger, like in high school, I read the true part-time diary, no, the true diary of a part-time Indian, mm. super silly, but like for a younger age, just to like get a giggle with like, while you're experiencing the same things. Hilarious. Yeah. I read a lot of residential school memoirs. Um, I remember reading the broken circle. I read, they call me number one. Um, the education of Augie Morassi, that's a Saskatchewan based mm. one. Um, I just read Heartberries mm-hmm. and I would really recommend Half Breed. And I'm looking down because every so Winishka has a book club. Um, so we've been doing lots of reading, but every year my mom always gets me for Christmas a book by an indigenous author. And I can't remember what it's called. It's on the floor at Blackwater, Black River. I can't remember. Um, so that's the next one on my list. Um, Indian Horse too, just like learning mm-hmm. through those books. Yeah. Those were high on my list. That's amazing. Well, you definitely listed off five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all, like literally all I had. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Lexi, go ahead. I think a part-time Indian one is like so good for the younger generation. Cause I remember reading it in high school and being like, I'm seen. Yes. But like also like hilarious. Like silly, light, but heavy, but silly. I have mm-hmm. to read this because I honestly out. have never read that. It's not very big. Really? No, you I feel like read I've, I've heard like the, so the title laws. I've just mm-hmm. never read it. Mm-hmm. Mom bought it for Marcel actually, and he really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That's her brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to the I never knew his name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's her brother. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Marcel? Hope you're listening to this. <laughs> he works I always knew you had a brother. Yeah, he works with Joel, so like he's always like he comes to the house and he's like, "Hi, how's Hunter?" And he's like, "I bought." He's like, "I ordered Hunter a blanket, but it came wrecked, so I have to get a new one." But and I guess he was like texting like our mom and auntie and was like, "What do I get, Hunter?" And I was like, "Oh, my heart, my brother. We're finally having a relationship." relationship. <laughs> oh, we're rebuilding. For our viewers, we didn't really grow up alongside our brother and like a really and like a mm. close sibling relationship because he like 
grew up with our auntie instead of our mother. And so it's cool now in our adulthood that we're able we get to, to form new mm -hmm. bonds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he, he was like our cousin, but our brother, we've always known that. So yeah, he's he's pretty sweet. So family okay. dynamics. <laughs> Yeah, I have one last book recommendation because I've been raving about it. And I feel like when I get into something, I'm like, the whole world needs to see this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like telling Alicia to read. I'm like telling my mom. I like messaged a director at my work. I'm like, you need this resource. <laughs> <laughs> if you're working in child welfare, you need to read this. <laughs> oh, yes, this book. Okay. It's called Grow. You know, my ancestors will be proud that I attempted this word, even if I attempt it sloppily. Opaginawesoin. Growing a child. Implementing Ooh. indigenous ways of knowing with indigenous families. I would I would highly recommend you read this, Tracy. Yes. Okay, wait, is. hold it there. Hold it there. Okay. And take a picture of it so that I add it to my book list. And while you were talking about books, I thought of two more. In Search of April Rain Tree, that's how I learned about the 60 Scoop. And the book Broken Circle, um, trigger warning, no violence, but it's not the Broken Circle. I just said that. Oh, no. Um, it has a blue cover, the lady on it. I can't remember the name of it by katharina vermet oh the break the break mm -hmm. yes 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 um so like yeah trigger warning violence but that was written in winnipeg and the street names are in it so i could read it and like literally envision like where this was happening it was really cool my um practical placement coordinator for my practicum is um reading it right now i'd recommend that one too great storytelling in that one mm -hmm. like, huge yeah character development yeah we love a good story <laughs> yeah that's amazing got lots of book recommendations well this has been is there any other like questions like thank you so 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 much for coming out today and recording and just sitting with us and sharing your story with us and our viewers i have like a few words for you um in this book it talks about like the seven grandfather teachings and it talks about like courage and how like courage can look like you like creator gives us one gift and one purpose in life and courage is like knowing what your gift is and finding it and walking so in tune with it and like being able to live along with that for your entire life and having the courage to do that and I think you do a really good job at embodying that teaching and it's, oh. I'm really grateful that you like <laughs> out and shared with us today and like shared it with all of our viewers too I love that I can't wait to like re-listen and just giggle at us i know and i can't i literally cannot wait until we can sit at denny's and like smash away the keys together like no do this again yeah honestly you're <laughs> such an inspiration and i'm like so happy that we were able to connect and how it just kind of all worked out and you know now we are sitting here together i mean on zoom whatever but <laughs> envision that we were around our mm -hmm. kitchen table a little bonus a little bonus episode from Denny's coming to you in 2021 <laughs> where you get the weed. Would you like more coffee? <laughs> Just like talking. I'll have another <laughs> Oreo, uh, another Oreo, what is it? Milk, milk <laughs> shake. <laughs> and an apple juice. Before. And an apple juice. <laughs> 
Yes. Just a little like sequel to everything. Yep. Well, we'll definitely have to do like a follow up episode or something, you know, in six months just to kind of see like what we're doing. Well, we really really appreciate you coming here. Um, So Lexi's going to close up this episode with her song. So again, oh, what's your handle for Instagram? Oh, um, Wanishka's is just at Wanishka. Um, Mine. Right. Yes, W-A-A-N-I-S-H-K-A. And my personal one is just my first and my last name, Tracy Leost. Um, and you can like connect with Winishka. You'll find it on my own page. But yes. I'll link them in the show notes. Perfect. Right. We're professionals. We do that. <laughs> All righty. Well, Lexi, give her. Give her. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our podcast where we like to talk about your comeback. Woo! Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty, have a good night. Thank you. Talk to you guys in a bit.